Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... The expression of your gift is an expression of the grace of God. Your gift is the way God shows His love, His grace, His power, His goodness to other people. That's why it's important that you see that any gift that you have is from the Lord and it's meant, okay, to bless others, not to draw attention to yourself. We all know that each person has different abilities and talents that contribute to our uniqueness and value in society. When we become followers of Jesus, we are also given the opportunity to use our unique God-given gift or spiritual gifts to serve our world. Pastor Jim warns us today that these spiritual gifts are to be used to bring attention to Christ himself, not ourselves. Sometimes these gifts are used in complete secrecy. When we approach our gifts this way, we bring attention to God. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4 with part 3 of his message entitled, Making the Most of Each Day. Hebrews 13, 2, the Bible writer says, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing some have unwittingly entertained angels. You ever meet someone and just had this really great encounter with them and you're never able to locate them again? This may surprise you. You might say, well, that's for the other people. I'm called to be a leader in the church. Oh boy. 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1, teach us that being hospitable is a qualification for a leader in the church. That if you're not hospitable, if it's not your general way of living, that you can't be a leader. Okay, so as the end approaches, one was pray more effectively, two was love more aggressively, three is host more joyfully, four, serve more generously. Serve more generously. Now, the last two verses are a series of messages. We could probably talk about this for a couple weeks. Some of you like, Pastor Jim, you could talk about the weather for a couple weeks. So stop picking on me. So we're going to have to move quickly, but there's a lot more that could be said. So sometimes I'll say I reserve the right to come back. Verse 10, as each one has received a gift. All right, let's stop there for a second. Each one, that would be? Everybody, everybody. As each one has received a gift, every follower of Jesus has received at least one. If you don't know what your gift is, just ask the people who are with you. Just ask the people if you're in a community group. Ask those people. Ask people who know you. I mean, and sometimes the gifts are so obvious to everybody else, but they're just not obvious to you. You know, I've said to people in the church here, uh, you know, uh, thanks, man, for your gift of encouragement. Been so helpful to me. And, and they're like, really, you see me as an encourager? I'm like, you write us notes every week. <laughs> right? You take the time to write. I mean, people just don't do that anymore, right? And so just ask people. They'll tell you. 
as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. The idea is to, some versions say, to use it to serve one another. As good stewards, uh, some versions say faithful, of the manifold grace of God. What does that mean, the manifold grace of God? It just means that the grace of God comes out in various different types of forms. And then, so what's interesting is Peter just divides There's about 20 spiritual gifts in the Bible that are listed. I really don't believe at all that that's an exhaustive list. I think the lists are different and they don't seem to cover everything and there's overlap and there's other things that are not cited as a gift but are clearly a gift because I think God meets needs in so many different ways. But he basically breaks it down into two categories. He says this, verse 11, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Now, let's just stop there for one second. First off, a lot of Bible scholars think that he's specifically talking about preaching, some not. I tend to be in more of the let's make it as broad as we can camp because there's a lot of different ways where you can speak and teach people and you don't necessarily have to be in a, in a pulpit. And I think there's something else that maybe some of you here need to take great care because you've really come from some bad teaching on this. Some people teach that when the pastor speaks, it is the very words of God going forth, right? And that's not only in the pulpit, but that's wherever he is. I remember I met some people in the neighborhood here one time and they were just talking to me and we were just talking about it, it was a nice day and I just said we're talking, we're inviting people out to our church, letting them know that we're here. And they said to me, okay, well we go to this church in the neighborhood, which I knew was kind of a little off, not a little off, I'm being very, I'm lying, it's way off, okay? <laughs> and so I was saying I'm being kind, but I'm not being kind, I'm, I'm hedging. So anyway, so, and they said, uh, how are you serving at the church? And I said, well, I'm the pastor. And so they said to me, We could tell because when you speak, we could tell it was the Holy Spirit talking. And I was like, we were talking about the weather. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I said, it wasn't the Holy Spirit talking. It was just me. And she said, oh, no, no, pastor. It was the Holy Spirit talking. I'm like, no, it was just me. (laughs) Okay. So let's be real careful of that. Okay. I think what he's talking about here is when we speak for God, could be any of us, we have to understand that we are God's representatives. And we have to be very, very careful in how we speak about God to people that we are representing him well. Now, sometimes people think that means that we need to talk in an English voice and we need to be serious all the time. Oh, it is a pleasure to meet you, okay? Um, I really don't see Jesus being that way. It says in the Bible that the common people heard him gladly. Basically, people that were out, you know, the people who worked with their hands out in the fields, the religious elites would say less educated. They heard him gladly. He spoke, you know, he spoke with just common language. We know that people brought little children to him, assuming that he loved kids. And most people who love kids are not totally serious, are they? They kind of like to joke around a lot. And I think some of the stuff we see about him, he's kind of joking with people. You know, the apostles are like, uh, oh, let's rain down fire when people don't believe. Let's rain down fire. And he's like, it's the sons of thunder. <laughs> right there they are. And so, and so laughter is good medicine. So we laugh, we cry. You know, I think one of the goals for any of you who want to teach the Bible is, you know, make them laugh a little, make them cry a little and give them a lot of Jesus. That's kind of the, kind of the simple formula. So it's not that they're talking in this, we're talking in this way. We have to know when to be serious and when we can joke around a little, but to understand that we're speaking on behalf of God. And so be very careful in that. And it's not wrong to say, you know, I don't know, but let me find out. 
People say, oh, I don't want to email Pastor Jim about that stuff. This is my favorite email ever, ever. I was talking to someone who didn't know Jesus and they asked me. I love that email. Because I know you're out there, you're taking a shot. You're stepping into the batter's box and you're taking a swing. You're not afraid and I absolutely love that. He continues, if anyone ministers, and that would have to do with not so much the speaking, but what we might call practical service, okay? And here's the thing, don't think that the people who speak are better than the people who do the practical service. What's the best gift the one God has given you? That's the best gift, and that's what's really important to remember, okay? If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, right? Listen, some of us are gonna be better at things than others. Just because somebody can fix things better than you doesn't mean you should never fix anything. Just because somebody can do something better than you doesn't mean you should do it. You should be happy with the ability God supplies. Some versions say the strength God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom, and by the way, he's now equating God and Jesus again, belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever, amen. So what is he saying? As the end approaches, put the gift that God has given you or the gifts that God has given you to work for the kingdom of God. Use your gift so that Jesus is able to bless others through your life. Now, a gift or a spiritual gift is actually the word charisma. So when somebody says to you, are you a charismatic Christian? You answer, aren't we all supposed to be? (laughs) Right? So it is a charisma. You say, well, um, I don't know if I have a charismatic gift. Remember in 1 Corinthians 7, right? There was the charisma of being married and the charisma of not being married. That pretty much gets everybody in, right? And so we all have some gifts. So what would that be? Very simply, a spiritual gift is a talent or an ability empowered by the Holy Spirit to bless the church. Empowered by the Holy Spirit to bless the church. And it is discovered how? It is discovered in service. Discovered in service. It was a Friday afternoon and I was working at my job and I was a youth leader at Calvary Chapel Old Bridge and my phone rang. And it was the youth pastor and he said, we have a problem, we were gonna meet in a couple hours and there were a lot of kids that would come out to that, maybe 100 plus kids that would come out to that. He said, one of the other pastors here was supposed to do a funeral and he's sick and he can't do it. I got called out to a funeral. Would you be able to teach the youth group tonight? And I said, sure. And he said, do you have a sermon ready? And I said, I have several ready. And he said, why do you have sermons ready? And I said, I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. And so what happened was that night I taught the youth group and they recorded it and they gave it to uh, the guy who was at the time the head of the Bible college and he called me into his office. I figured I was getting kicked out of the church. (laughs) And he said to me, what is your experience of doing this? And I said, I've taught a couple small little Bible studies with, you know, just a small group of people, but standing up in front of people other than one or two times when I gave my testimony, I really, I have no experience at it. And he goes, you know, you could actually do this. Now, I don't know whether he meant, you know, you're so pathetic, if you actually worked at it, you could do it, or actually God has given you a talent or a gift to do this. But that doesn't really matter because what happened? It was discovered in service. It was something that God had, had prompted in my heart already. That's why I had the sermons done. I wasn't looking to do them. I never thought I would do them. 
but it was discovered in service. And so like I said, the lists of, in the New Testament of gifts is different. They're not exhaustive as God meets so many different needs through so many gifts. But it's important to see this about your gift. A lot of people would say that your gift, okay, is a privilege. And it is. But it's much better to think of your gift as a responsibility than a privilege. That God has given you a gift that you are responsible for the use of it to bless others, okay? Because those gifts, honestly, what? They belong to God. God took that gift. He gave it to you to give it to others. Don't you love God? We're allowed to re-gift. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Nobody's gonna be like, oh, you're re-gifting, oh, gifting. Because what's happening, okay? The expression of your gift is an expression of the grace of God. Your gift is the way God shows his love, his grace, his power, his goodness to other people. That's why it's important that you see that any gift that you have is from the Lord and it's meant, okay, to bless others, not to draw attention to yourself, not for you or me to show everybody how skillful you are and how wonderful and how talented you are. Now, we have to really be careful here for a second. It's gonna get a little warm in here for a second. We ready? Because some people will undoubtedly say, well, my gifts are not being used. My gifts are not being used. And so there's a few diagnostic questions we need to go through. And again, don't default to guilt Default to grace and see, is this something God wants to change in you? Ask yourself, am I being selfish with my gift? Do you know how I left the ministry that I was involved in? They actually started having me preach on a regular basis because the one pastor was getting ready to go to the mission field and then another one came in and he actually walked up to me and he said this to me. He said, I think you're the best youth leader I've ever seen in my life but I feel like we're sinning keeping you here. He said, when I watch you preach, I see the hand of God upon you, man. And he said, I think, I think you need to go somewhere and start a church and call people to believe in Jesus Christ. He goes, have you ever thought of that? And I said, every day since I became a Christian, every day, I was being selfish. I was being selfish. I wanted to do my business. I wanted to make a lot of money. I wanted to do my thing. Listen, nothing wrong with that. If that's what God has called you to do, that's your thing. You do it, and you do it to the glory of God. But God had called me to something different. Am I being selfish? Maybe you want to say to yourself, do I want the center stage? Maybe that's what I want. Do I want to be the center of attention? I want to be noticed. You can ask my wife this. When I... When I had opportunities to teach the Bible, I'd go anywhere. I still will any day. I'll go anywhere. You got a Bible study you want to do at work? I don't know if I could do it every week, but I'll show. I'll do it. I'll do it. When you have a gift, when people have a gift, they just cannot wait to use it. They don't have to be the center show. You know, I've had guys come up to me and they say, well, I know God has called me to preach. And I said, really? I said, dude, you should go to every nursing home in the area and ask them if there's an opening. And any week you can't make, I'll cover for you. Well, no, you don't understand. I've been called to preach. I know what I just said. What I just said. Oh, no, 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 that's not what I want. 
maybe my gift's not empowered by the Holy Spirit. Maybe I'm good at it, but maybe I'm not letting the Spirit empower it. Maybe I'm not depending upon the use of it in prayer and saying, okay, God, it's fine. I can get up. I, listen, every Sunday I get up and I'm like, listen, Lord, here it is. Here it is. Words on a page. This is the conversation I have with God. I'm like, the words on a page. If you don't do something with it, nothing's going to happen. And that's, that's what we need to do to ask for the Lord's empowerment. Maybe we need to be trained more. Maybe we need to more experience. Maybe we have to accept some certain realities. Maybe we have to search our soul. I think a lot of us in our workplace have to answer this question if we're wondering why it's not going well for us. Am I too difficult to work with? Do I expect when I show up people to move out of the way? Oh, Ta-da, I'm here. Here I am to save the day. You know, everything's already done. Like, we're like, dude, we did that stuff a week ago. Am I expecting responsibility without demonstrating faithfulness? Do I have a reputation for being late all the time? Do I have a reputation for being unprepared or being last minute? All those things are fixable, but are all things that are gonna hold us back in the using of our gift. Interesting to me that Peter divides it into speaking and serving and today's needs I see in the church and talking with so many pastors I know and what I observe, when it comes to speaking, do you know how many people would love to have someone take them out to lunch periodically and teach them about God? Do you know how many people are sick and would just love to have somebody come over and visit them? Do you know how many people would love to have someone run errands for them or help them fix their homes? And what about administration? You say, well, all I can do is organize people. You're probably the most needed because what can you do? You can keep the wheels of the bus turning because everything just stops without organized people. I am the first one to admit that the American model of most things being done by the church staff is completely unbiblical and ineffective. There's just too many needs. It's ridiculous. I mean, I look at my own week. My own week between my study responsibilities, and I take this very seriously. I always tell people, it might look like I'm making it up as I go along, but I spend a lot of time preparing. Everybody been here a long time, like you ever talked to them in the morning? Like, no, me neither, right? And so between my studies and the services, that puts me at 25 to 30 hours a week right there. I start each week out 25 to 30 hours in the hole, and I'm not complaining. What I'm doing right now, getting ready to study, getting ready to prepare to preach, getting ready to preach, you will never have to pay me for this, trust me, never. You will never have to thank me for this, never. This is an absolute joy for me. But some of the other stuff I do, oh man, I am so terribly gifted at it and so awful at it. And some of you could run circles around me in it run absolute circles around me in it. And I hope that God would raise people up to run circles around me. I love working with people who are better at stuff than me. Romans 12, four, the apostle Paul says, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. It's so important that you find your function. Don't be afraid to try something. It's not a life sentence. 
We'll never ask you if you want parole. You have to ask for parole, okay? But it's not a life sentence. The Lord's gifts done in the Lord's power can be a sheer joy for you. Yes, it's gonna require work. It's gonna require discipline. It's gonna require faithfulness, but you will be blessed. Actually, the word gift actually means it's a grace thing. It means your gift is something that the Holy Spirit has given to the body of Christ coming through you in the last days. But it requires time. Time to pray, time to love, time to serve, time to open up your home, time to make your gifts available to other people. Why? Look at the end of verse 11. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. That's why. I'm not asking you to do stuff because we need more help or need any of this stuff. It's so God would be more glorified. People say to me, why in the world would you start a radio station in Morris County, New Jersey? Because God's name is not famous enough. Honestly, it's not. That's why. And if people never step foot in this church, but we're making God's name famous, I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. And see, the Lord Jesus is not only to be praised for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, but he's to be praised for the new birth that begins our service. He's to be praised for the empowering grace of the Holy Spirit to continue to serve because that grace totally changes us. And I love Pastor Peter. And I know sometimes you're like, no, he's the Apostle Peter. No, he's a pastor. We're going to see that in chapter 5. He's an apostle. That's a role. But the apostles were pastors. I love this. He says that all things God may be glorified. This is the same guy who 30 years ago is walking down the road arguing with other apostles who's the greatest. Jesus is like, oy vey. (laughs) But now he knows who is the greatest. The expression through Jesus Christ is so important because The crucified and risen Savior is the only way to come to God. The Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is the one mediator between God and man. He's the one we pray through for saving grace and sustaining grace. And what we read was just a profile of Jesus, wasn't it? His prayer for us. His love on the cross that covered the multitude of sins. His service to us on the cross. His hospitality of inviting us to heaven, to his house. Christianity is about Christ. Only through Jesus can you go to heaven. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but through me. Let me ask you, friend, as we close, have you put your trust in Jesus Christ? Have you come to God through his only way, through his son, the Lord Jesus? We all have to come via the cross. We all have to bring our sin and our self-wills. And we have to lay it down. And we have to realize that he's dying on the cross in our place for our sins. And we look up and we say, I will serve you because you served me in a way that only God could. 
So your first step, if you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, is to put your trust in him today. And then after that, you take the next step to serve him. I don't know what it is for you, but whatever that next step is, don't be afraid to take it. You'll never be alone in taking it. Don't be afraid. And then make the most of each day because it is the end. Everything is in place. And as the old song went, soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. That's it for today with pastor and Bible teacher Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. We hope and pray that Pastor Jim's simple and passionate verse-by-verse, line-by-line teaching through the book of 1 Peter is bringing growth to your Christian faith. Now that you've heard from us, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know how we can pray for you, answer any questions you may have, and let us know how Changed by Love has helped you. Perhaps you want someone to explain to you how to have your sins forgiven, how you can go to heaven, and how you can get started or restarted in your faith. Maybe you're looking for a good Bible teaching church in your area, or maybe you just need someone to talk to. Remember, friends, we are here to serve you and to help you so that someday the Lord will use you to serve and help others. That's the way the kingdom of God works, and we're thrilled to participate with you in the adventure. There are many ways to contact Pastor Jim and the team here at Changed by Love. All of our contact information is on our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. Once again, that's changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you would like to bless us and write us a card or letter. Our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Please join us next time on this same station. Until then, stay close to Jesus, and we know that you too will be changed by His love.